You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Your season-long fantasy football lineup is locked in and ready for action, but you don't have to wait till Week 16 to get paid. Put your fantasy skills to the test starting Sunday at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where you could kick the season off by winning $2 million. It's the biggest fantasy football contest ever. $10 million in prizes are up for grabs, including $2 million for first place and $1 million for second. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. It's fantasy football on demand. Play where you want, when you want, with the players you want. Then, turn your love of football into a life-changing payday. Just pick up your players, pile up the points, and pick up the cash. That's it. You've never experienced football like this. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code SPREAKER to play for free for a shot at $2 million in the Week 1 Millionaire Maker. Enter SPREAKER for free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. You had the Bleacher Report team stream thing, right? True, no. Okay. Do you get, like, Champions League? Oh, no, this was a Premier League. Do you get Premier League uh, updates, notifications? Yes. So did you see uh-huh. the uh, did you see the Josie quote about Arsenal's loss? Oh, yeah, about how uh, he would not want to wake up yes. uh, having a derby coming up after yes. a loss. Oh, Josie. Somehow, Josie Mourinho, head coach of Team in Crisis Chelsea, just digs the knife into arson at the perfect time. Oh, my God. Oh, of course he does. Of course he does. Because, because of course, of course, as good as Arsenal has been this Premier League and as bad as Chelsea has been, of course Chelsea would win their Champions League tie in amazing fashion and Arsenal would suck. Oh, completely. It's it's just... Completely. The script writers are in fine form right now. It never stops, man. It doesn't. It never... Much like NGSC Sports, it never stops. Wow, that's an amazing... Possibly the best segue into a show we've ever had. Welcome to a Foreign Affair podcast, episode 72... As Macaulay, I didn't even West... mean to do that. That's the thing. I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> Perfect. It's Macaulay West Bradshaw coming up with the great segues. I'm Edward Green. Thank you so much again. Like we said, to NGSC Sports and NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Fantastic tie-in, West Bradshaw. I tell you what. The only thing that would make me even happier is if you somehow managed to put us completely over in the process. Not a chance. 
All right, then I'll do it for you because you you had an amazing tie, and this is the least I can do for you, sir. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at AFA Pod, at West Bradshaw twenty one, and at Edward Green. Find us on Facebook where we still go by All New Sports Show. Find us the same Instagram, YouTube, where the All New Sports Show. Email us allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Mail us seventeen oh one Sunset Avenue, Suite two zero one, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina two seven eight zero four. So Wes. As we were saying pre-pod, the Champions League, it's back and proper-like now. Oh, it is proper. Um, oh, man. Such a horrendous weekend, but I'm, I'm quickly forgetting about that. As uh, as my team gets ready to go into Europa tomorrow, mm. and uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll start crying soon, don't worry. Oh, it's fine. We'll talk about uh, and preview the upcoming, some of the upcoming, we're not going to do all of them. What are we, crazy? Uh, Europa League fixtures coming up just a little bit. And of course, we'll also be giving you a Barclays Premier League weekend recap. Uh, League Cup matches coming next week. We'll tell you a few of the more tantalizing draws. Uh, And because we're talking about Champions League and Europa League and all that great stuff, it would make sense that UEFA would be talking about adding a third European competition to the mix, right, Wes Bradshaw? Because, I mean, we we love Europa. Well, totally. I mean, uh, you know, we're sitting here and we're just like, oh, my God, not only is the Champions League amazing, not only is Europa just probably like the greatest thing of all time, but God almighty, if I could just see the teams that weren't good enough to be in Europa, my life would be complete. Oh, I, I love the quote they use, and we'll get it obviously in this article later, but I like that the, one of the pull quotes was, it will be great for teams that drop out of Europa. Like, <laughs> that the whole point of dropping out of Europa is to not play anymore. Anyway, we'll get that to later. Uh, we'll, of course, have your other big story of the week, uh, Watch For and So Raw. So, Wes, let's dive right into your Champions League results because it is back and better than ever. Narrative all over the place. Uh, some of the matches we had, PSG 2, Malmo FF in the Zlatan Derby, nil. This is Group A. Real Madrid blows out Shakhtar Donetsk in a battle of two teams that made the knockout stage last year, 4-0. Maybe the bigger story in that match, West. However, is Gareth Bale and Sergio Ramos both leaving with injuries at the Bernabeu? Oh, you know, two of the best heads of hair in Europe. It's true. And uh, it's, it's definitely, definitely um, discouraging to see those guys going down. Also, probably two future Manchester United players. Eh. So you're not going to cry too much. Um you know, Madrid, I mean, they do what Madrid do. They they stomp the competition. Ronaldo goes completely Ronaldo in it. Um, yes. You know, so much for a scoring slump that he was in. Right? Remember that? We all remember, you know, he was in a slump. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. He's got like eight goals, I think, in his last two <laughs> matches. <laughs> so, uh so much for uh, so much for that, yeah. but you know it's like I said, man. It's it's just uh, it's just Madrid doing what we expected Madrid to do. Absolutely. Uh, also, quick note uh, in the PSG Malmo match, uh, Angel Di Maria opens his account for the Parisians. 
uh, with a fourth-minute goal there. Also, to note, the next matches in all these groups will be in two weeks' time. So keep that in mind as we approach yet another Champions League week in a couple weeks. On to Group B, uh, Wolfsburg defeats CSKA Moscow 1-0 on a Julian Draxler 40th-minute strike at the Volkswagen Arena. Julian Draxler, one of the hot young kids over in Europe doing good things for the German side. And PSV Eindhoven 2, Manchester United 1. Memphis got the scoring started for United, but uh, it was Hector Moreno and Luciano Narsing who gave PSV Eindhoven the win. But the bigger story in this match, and in all seriousness, West, Luke Shaw's devastating injury actually in the hands of a tackle by Hector Moreno. Uh, a double leg fracture. They're optimistically saying six months, but most likely Luke Shaw, who had really started to look good for this United side coming, attacking out of that back line, is probably done for this campaign. Um, golly, man. And yeah, I just happened to go back because, you know, Ed, I work, of course. Yes. So I can't always, you know, get to watch all the matches live, but I do DVR everything I can. I just got back to watch that a little earlier, and man, that stinks for Luke Shaw. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm no United fan by any means. No. You know, for a guy like Luke Shaw, you know, in my eyes, hey, he's an England guy. Well, why, why should I hate? He's an England guy, you know, and um, to see him take a shot like that, that was just that was absolutely brutal. It's probably going to knock him out of Euro 2016. Yeah, um, it, it's it's just going to set him back. And for England's sake, for England's sake, I'm upset about it. But uh, for United's sake, you know, hey, a, another year of Marcos Rojo can't hurt anyone, right? Oh, sure. Am I right? Am I right? Well, we'll talk about United's fortunes again uh, in the our Barclays Premier League recap. As we move to Group C, uh, your results were Galatasaray nil, Atletico Madrid 2, Antoine Griezmann with a brace in the first half in Istanbul, that night in Istanbul, for Atletico gets them the three points. Benfica beats Astana 2-0, goals by Nicolas Gaetan and Konstantinas Mitroglou uh, were all Benfica needed. Uh, this is, a, I guess, a couple ties west that went just about as we had planned on it. Atletico, you know, tw two years removed from being in the Champions League final, coming back and having a strong showing to start off with. And Benfica, who have also been very strong in Europa League competitions for a couple years now. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, Atletico, last year they went through somewhat of a transition season. They have lost some really good players. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, this year... They they have signed well. They've gotten some good players in. Yeah, they lost a really good player in Arda Turan, mm -hmm. which uh, that, that kind of sucks. You know, you, you like to see. Uh, yeah, we we like to see the best players stick around, um, especially for someone like a, a, a Atletico Madrid. Certainly, but you know what happens happens, and yeah. You know, um, but Atletico, they've done, I think they've done really well. Mm -hmm. I just, I think they've done really well with, uh, 
with uh, restocking the shelf. Mm-hmm. They've had they've had a good start to La Liga, so they're they're in good shape. Yeah, and uh, I think they're I think it's a I think it's a three team race again. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think it's a three team race. Uh, going to Group D, and you know we we could have destroyed United a little bit had it not been for the Luke Shaw injury, uh, conceding two goals after going up one in the first half. But here's a team in Group D. Where I, where I have no qualms, nobody got hurt, so I can I can just go nuts on them as I am wont to do. Manchester City one, Juventus two. The the runners up from last year come back at the Etihad. Mario Madzukic, who came over to Juventus this season for games just like this, equalized the proceedings in the 70th minute, and then Alvaro Morata won it for them in the 80. First, uh, City's first goal came on a Giorgio Chiellini uh, own goal in the 57th minute. That was first wrongly given to Vincent Company. Um, <laughs> Manchester City struggled in the first half to really produce anything of note. Uh, Raheem Sterling did have a couple very good chances in a row on goal, uh, but Gigi Buffon was up to the task to deny him. But you know, we we, we had the script down. City, they're five and zero in the Premier League. This is a new city. They, they are going to do it in the Champions League this year. They go up 1-0 against Juventus, who had been struggling. This is the year they get their Champions League campaign off on the right track. And then it's just City being City. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what well, it is about this team. You, you, you may have other thoughts on this. Well, I, actually, I mean, if you go back and look at the match... You know, I thought that, um, I mean, I thought City were really the better team. I thought they were good. I thought they were good in the second half. I actually didn't think they were that all that special in the first half. They didn't, they just didn't have much impetus going forward. I thought, I thought that they really could have done more in attacking. I thought the second half they did play better. The first goal was very well deserved on a set piece. And and then that back line, which West we knew might be a problem going into this season, sort of reared its ugly head a little bit there. Uh, they they did look a little leaky, didn't they? Yes. Um, I just I, I mean, a it's Juventus. I mean, Juventus is. I mean, they're the returning runner-ups from Europe. There's no shame in losing to Juventus, but. You know, for City, they've got to bounce back immediately in their next Champions League match. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or then, once again, everything's sinking in that um, all this, all these horrible, horrible things are happening to us, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. So I, I'm not all out on City. At last, I thought City played. I thought they played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just bad luck at the end of the day for them. Yeah, it's it's tough. Their next match will be against Borussia Mönchengladbach, which had a three-nil loss at Sevilla. And uh, West, you know, Borussia Mönchengladbach hasn't had a very strong start to their campaign in the uh, the Bundesliga this season. Sort of pulling a uh, a Dortmund from last year. Yeah. Um... It's it's not a shock. Mm-hmm. 
it, it is a little um, it is a little surprising though. Yes, you figure with that team, they were they're coming off a good year. Figure they're ready to maybe put together and make a big run there, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, just not 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 happening. Mm-hmm. But I, still, still, obviously, I mean, we're we're early, so not yes. time to jump ship just yet. Just one match in so far as we head to Group E. Uh, Leverkusen gets a four-one win over Bate Borisov. Um, and then, ah, oh, you love it. And then Roma gets a one-one draw at home against Barcelona. Luis Suarez opened the score in the twenty-first minute, but shades of Carly Lloyd as Alessandro Florenzi uh, beats the Barcelona keeper from about forty yards out with an amazing wonder strike, and that's all the scoring that there was. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit surprising to not see Barcelona go get a win, even on the road at Roma, but, but a great, great goal from Florenzi. Oh, it was, uh, I had a chance to watch that one a little earlier as well. Um, <coughs> Roma, God, Roma played so hard. I just, mm-hmm. I just want to give them that Roma played so hard. Uh, I thought they deserved the draw. I really think um, it seemed early that um, it seemed early that Barcelona they got that early goal, mm-hmm. and after that they they just kind of it's almost like they just sat back mm-hmm. and figured, well, we're Barcelona, we'll be okay. I didn't really get the feeling that they pushed on that hard after that. Uh, so I give Roma a ton of credit. I think Roma played a great game. And they're going to give some teams problems in that group. Uh, to Group F, uh, it was oh, maybe my favorite result of the week. Dynamo Zagreb 2, Arsenal 1. The Croatian side gets a big win over their English opponents. Josip Pivarek with a goal in the 24th minute. And then Junior Fernandez headed home the eventual winner in the 58th. Theo Walcott, he got he got a goal though, Wes. He got one back in the 79th, but it wasn't enough for Arsene Wenger's men. As uh, we mentioned pre-pod, Josie Mourinho just kind of tweaking that knife a little bit in Arsene's back, saying, you know, oh, it was very tough for him to wake up with that kind of result on the eve of a derby. So, disappointing result to say the least for Arsenal there, Wes. Oh, Theo. Um, God. Yeah, they go down to 10 men. Uh, Giroud picks up the red card. Yep. I mean, you just saw about a team that just... There's not much good to say about Arsenal. They look like purity crap. Yeah. And they haven't looked that good in the Premier League so far either. No, but you you go into Europe and, you know, all you ever hear is, you know, well, Arsenal's game is set up for Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they get into Europe and lose to Dynamo, who had never beaten a Premier League team before. Yeah. And didn't really look like they belonged on the field with Arsenal. No, but I think in some uh, ways they they shame were shame on. Some ways they were kind of like Roma. I think I think they outworked them. Uh, I certainly don't think they were the better team. Uh, but I think you know you know we I hate to say it in a game like soccer, but I think Zagreb just kind of wanted it more. Well, I mean that's pretty pathetic from Arsenal, where you know you're you're going in here. You, Arsenal's already under pressure. Oh, yeah. 
and then they just go in and pull this junk. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of disappointing, <laughs> Arsenal. Absolutely, uh, not a disappointing result though, and a very standard result. Olympiakos nil, Bayern Munich three. Uh, Thomas Müller with a brace, Mario Götze with a goal in the 89th minute. This goal, or this game was just one nil Bayern up until that 89th minute goal by Götze. Müller added the penalty in the 92nd. Um, and, and the reason we Brent mentioned this match, Wes, Arsenal was one of those kind of sort of clear favorites to go through along with Bayern onto the knockout stage, and they might still be, but but that result. To come out of the gate, kind of like City, already down three points, is really tough to come back from. It is. Um, uh, you know, give, uh, give credit where it's due to uh, Munich. Munich didn't play anywhere near their best. Mm-hmm. But you know what? At the end of the day, they're still Munich. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Munich always you know, seemed to have just enough. So, uh, you know, they get the, oh, excuse me, Ed, I was, I was reaching there. Uh, they get the big victory. Um, so they, they start off their, I guess we'll say Champions League campaign in, uh, in roaring fashion. Um, Olympiakos, you know. Just Greece in general. I mean, well, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a Greek thing right now. I mean, none of them are good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you can't really say much. I mean, 3-0 to Munich. Eh. Yeah. Eh. And that's just that's kind of how it goes. Uh, they weren't expected to win, and they didn't. So. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for showing up, guys. Uh, another team that had a big result on the day, Chelsea 4, Maccabi Tel Aviv. Uh, nil, welcome back to the Champions League, Maccabi. Willian with a goal in the 15th minute, uh, but he came up a little gimpy from there. Oscar with a penalty just before the end of the first half. And then Diego Costa, who came on for Willian, as well as Cesc Fabregas scored in the second half. They beat Maccabi. Uh, Dynamo Kiev 2, Porto 2. Goals for Kiev by Ole Husiev. And Vitali Bujolaski. Uh, yeah, you like that. Vincent Abubakar with the brace for Porto. So Chelsea West gets out in front with three points to Porto and Kiev's one. Uh, Tel Aviv down at the bottom with zero. So uh, t- as much team in crisis for Chelsea. Oh, God. Are John Terry and Diego Costa fighting in practice? Maybe, maybe not. Mourinho's trying to blame everybody. <laughs> And then they get a big win in the Champions League, and everything's cool. Well, I mean, the best thing that happened for them was facing a team like Maccabi Tel Aviv. I mean, that's not a, you know, I mean, we we, call, we saw Maccabi. They did a great job to get into the Champions League. Yes. But, you know, this, this wasn't a team that anyone was expecting big things from. Mm-mm. So Chelsea went out and did their job. But for Chelsea, I mean, if nothing else, I can give them – just a little boost going forward. I mean, just like Josie said in, in the most Josie of ways, yes. you know, uh, well, well, here we are and we won. You didn't. So. All that matters is you what know, happened in the last match. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, uh, they're so they're coming in on on a good note. Um, so eh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but Chelsea, Chelsea are off to a good start, and I mean, Chelsea should not. Chelsea should not have any problem getting through this stage. No, uh, one group that may not have a total clear cut favorite. I think we could probably pick one. But it doesn't have the sexy, sexy names like some of the others. That's Group H, the final group. Uh, Zenit currently leads after a back-and-forth match against Valencia. They win 3-2. Hulk had a brace in the first half. Uh, Zhao Cancelo brought Valencia back within one before Andre Gomez, uh, I believe, had... No, I believe one of those was actually an own goal. I think that first one was an own goal. Andre Gomez had a equalizer in the 73rd, but Axel Witzel, who I believe actually had that own goal, made up for it in the 76th minute with the winner. On the other side, in Ghent, it was a 1-1 draw between the Belgians and the French side, Lyon. Daniel Milosevic uh, was the scorer for Ghent. Um, Christophe Jalet was the score for Leon. So in this group, Wes, Zenit has taken the lead, taken all three points, Leon and Ghent with one, and one of the few Spanish sides to have a disappointing start to their Champions League campaign, Valencia, end up with nothing. Um, they did. Uh, Zenit. Zenit's just one of those, man, you, you never know what you're going to get out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very tough to have to go to Russia and win matches. I mean, we can all, I believe we can all agree on that. It's hard to go to Russia and win. Um, and I believe they played in, I believe they did play this in Russia. No, this was in Valencia. No, 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 this was actually in Valencia. Never mind. Um, you know, Hulk came through. Hulk had the two goals early that put them on their back, uh, put them on the back. Yeah, Witzel had the own goal. Yes. And for some teams, the own goal can either be the kiss of death, um, you know, or it can oh. almost motivate. I'm not going to say motivate, but some teams can stay in it. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, Valencia did a good job of staying in it. Uh, Gomez got the equalizer, and then Witzel, of all people, gets the winner. It's funny how soccer works sometimes. You know how I know this game was in Valencia, Wes? How's that? Because Andres Villas-Boas is, separ- is celebrating after the match in a short sleeve polo shirt. Oh, AVB. And of course, in Russia, they've got to be already like three feet of snow on the ground. So. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all Russia is. There's no jungles in Russia. No one can ever confirm that. No. No. Oh. no. Not that we would know, but still. Uh, so, Wes, like I was kind of saying... Uh, Quickly to wrap up here, uh, Zenit probably the favorites in this group. Although uh, we expect probably Valencia to come back a little bit. Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, first match in, a lot of people can jump to conclusions. Uh, Leon are <coughs> solid. Mm-hmm. Um, Gent, I don't see Gent going anywhere. I mean, I still think Valencia has a great chance to go through here. It's it's going to be probably a pretty wide open group, uh, especially with Valencia dropping those points against Zenit. But we'll have to see, and we'll see again in a couple weeks. It'll be fun. Uh, let's get a quick Europa League group stage update, which will be taking place 
have already taken place by the time you're listening to this, but we would record on Wednesday nights, so what are you going to do? Um, it works for the Champions League. Who cares about Europa, really? Uh, Group A, which we're going to talk about, or I'm going to mention just because there's like three teams I actually know in this one. Uh, that's Ajax, Celtic, Fenerbahce, and Mold out of Norway. So there's them. Fenerbahce plays Mold. Ajax plays Celtic. So that should be some fun matches. More importantly to us, uh, we, we have European Knights in Bordeaux as it's Bordeaux versus Liverpool in Group B. Uh, Dortmund Ooh. is playing Krasnodar in Group C. Do uh, any other ones we got to do here with teams we actually know? Um, that's Besiktas. Yeah. Basel's playing Fiorentina in Group I. Tottenham, of course, we're uh, playing at home against Karabag, uh, the team out of Azerbaijan in Group J, which is going to be fun with Anderlecht and Monaco in it as well. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Wes, any thoughts on your Europa League first match? Well, I've already said we were going to win the league. Now we're going to win the Europa. I have no doubts. That's that's all that matters now. I have no doubts as I sit here uh, in the fetal position, desperately, desperately clutching to what little hope I have left. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. Uh, but it should be a fun match in France. Sure. Um, you know, Bordeaux is usually solid. Um, it's not going to be one of those roll out the ball, you know, we're Liverpool, here we are. It's not going to be one of those. So uh, the Reds better go ready to play or they could be coming home uh, in even more turmoil than they leave in. Of course, shades of 2006-2007 Champions League between these two teams, as that was the last time they met. Uh, Rafa Benitez, who? Yes, Rafa Benitez, uh, as the manager of Liverpool, won 1-0 in Bordeaux and 3-0 at Anfield to advance that year. <coughs> Excuse me, everybody. I have a bit of a cold and I'm trying to take care of. But... That's not going to stop us because, Wes, what do we never do? We never quit. And we, we never, never stop. stop. We never stop. We never, ever stop. <laughs> Either or. <laughs> Either. It's fine. It's the same thing. Uh, they're synonyms. Uh, as we head now into your Barclays Premier League weekend wrap-up, which I have a feeling you and I are going to have a few more words to say on, uh, here is your results from this past weekend, yes, we have to do this. Uh, the translucent wonder that is Stephen Naismith. <clears throat> he wins it for Everton with a hat-trick against Chelsea. And Goodison goes gaga. Of course, more big stories coming out for Chelsea. Courtois is going to miss three months with a leg injury. Asmir Begovic will be in goal in that time. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, the Terry Costa almost fight, which did or did not happen, depending on who you listen to. <coughs> it was Giroud and Walcott scoring against a toothless Stoke, not sexy, sexy Stoke, toothless Stoke, in a 2-0 win at the Emirates. Hey, at least Giroud did something positive this week, I guess. Good for him. Uh, at Selhurst Park, the teenager, Ihan Nacho, the 18-year-old Wes, Gets the citizens of Manchester a 1-0 win against a game, Crystal Palace. <coughs> Palace will rue the chances it did not take. Could have gotten a big win, 
but Alan Pardew and his men will have to settle for nothing. Uh, Norwich dominates Bournemouth 3-1 in a battle of promoted teams. Swansea dominates possession almost 2-1, but Watford ends the Swans' streak with a 1-0 win at Vicarage Road. Southampton don't take their chances, and as well, they only get a point on the road at the Hawthorns against West Bromwich. Uh, goals to remember, this is a match we will be talking about more, for Benteke and Martial as the singing Van Hals use boring meetings to right the ship in a 3-1 win over rival Liverpool at Old Trafford. And on Sunday, Ryan Mason scored, then immediately injures himself in this week's edition, apparently, of That's So Spursy, as Tottenham pick up their first win of the campaign at the Stadium of Light. The Black Cats did twice have shots go off goal. Uh, the late match was Dillette, Vardy, and Dyer bringing Leicester back from 2-0 down in the final 20 minutes against what is now a deflated Tim Sherwood in Aston Villa. And finally, in Monday Night Football, West Ham gets their final first win at the bowling ground with a dominating 2-0 win over a struggling Newcastle. <coughs> and West. I've already broken your heart with us having to talk about United-Liverpool. Also got to mention, Claudio Ranieri beats Steve McLaren in England again. Oh, don't worry. No one in England's claiming uh, Steve McLaren anymore. <laughs> uh, don't worry about that, my friend. Well, Wes, we, we'll start with our two teams. Uh, let's start at Old Trafford. Um, Daly Blint scoring early in the second half on a set-piece play straight out of the U.S. men's national team playbook. Uh, then there was a second goal. Benteke with maybe one of the goals of the season so far. Brings Liverpool back within one on a tremendous bicycle kick. But then Anthony Martial opens his account for the United in a sub-appearance. <coughs> uh, sorry, Manchester United wins 3-1 over Liverpool. And you said something on Saturday that I didn't expect to hear you say, and that was, for the first time, you're thinking, maybe it's time for the barrage to go. Um, I'm, I'm starting, <coughs> to lose, uh, starting to lose hope here. Aww. Starting to lose hope in the barrage. Um, it, it just seems like Liverpool, we, we have one plan. Mm -hmm. It's like we have one plan, and if that plan does not work then we're, we're completely screwed. And I'm going to tell you the truth. This year, I can't really figure out at the moment what the plan is. That's not good. Um, no, that's not <laughs> good at all. Uh, it, it is... It, it has been a disjointed start to the season. You know, a year ago, of course, Ed, I was saying, well, we got to blood in the new guys. We know we know that. We know we got to blood in the new guys. Oh, yeah. And there are new guys again this year. And that's that, that could be part of the dynamic here. Is yes. New guys again, damn it. The, the uh, second half of the season picked up for you guys. This is this is about where we were at this time last year. Yeah, but the problem is you can't wait that damn long. <laughs> that's fair, yeah. You can't wait for the second half of the season again. That's, that's not good enough. Um, so, you know, for Liverpool, it's, it's just, it's got to come down to, you know, what are we doing? What are we wanting to do? And damn it, go do it. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that, that seems to be, 
that seems to be the issue at this point. Well, is... then let me let me ask you real quick. Go ahead. What, what would you do then to fix Liverpool? And <sighs> see, that's the problem. I can't really <laughs> tell you what the hell I do. Uh, of course, they don't pay me to tell you what. I that's do. true. You're getting paid a lot less than Rodgers. Exactly. I'm getting paid a lot less than. Oh me. Um, <coughs> we keep hearing every week a different date that Daniel Sturridge is going to be back. Mm-hmm. That's one fun thing that yes. uh, somehow needs to end. <laughs> um, we need to we need to get that taken care of very soon. Um, You know, you get Sturge back, that could potentially fix some problems. But then the other problem is, oh, so we're going to now depend on Sturge. Oh, yeah. How's that worked out for us the last few years, you know? <laughs> um, so, I mean, I mean, that's just, that's kind of where we, that's kind of where we sit at the moment. Um, we can't really trust Sturge, but we need him. We yes. need him desperately. Mm-hmm. We get him back. I mean, here, here's the deal, too. I think with Liverpool, you've kind of got to accept that we're not going to be this great um, defensive team. It's just, it's, it's just not going to happen. We're just, we're not that good defensively. Um, but if we can get the right guys in place, we may be able to revert to where we were a few years ago which was, you know, scoring for fun and maybe beating teams that way. I mean, sadly, that's just that's just where we are at the moment. And at this point, you just you can't change my mind on it. Ah, oh, that's a shame. But at the same time, I mean, the Braj... Braj has got to figure something out, man. Yeah. How, how, much, how much more time would you give him at this point? Uh, I'm I'm giving him about until the end of October. Okay. Um, that's going to give him a few <clears throat> a few weeks of Europa. That's going to give him a chance to do something in in the Premier League. Um. I mean, at that point, it's just it's just going to come down to him. I mean, you know, what are you going to do, man? You know, figure something out. If he keeps playing fucking Lovren, I think I might kill him myself. <laughs> oh, I think there's there's about 60,000 people at Anfield weekly that would be uh, fighting you for that honor. Well, I'm going to tell you this, too. You know, one guy who has kind of gotten above the fray at this point is actually Skirtle. Yeah. Skirtle stunk this year. Yeah. You know, he has not been good at all. And, you know, we're sitting here... You know, and everybody is blaming Lovren, and with good reason we're blaming Lovren. But Skirtle has not been blameless by any means. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's more than just one guy's problem at Liverpool right now. <coughs> it's it's multiple problems going on around there. It, it is rough right now at Liverpool. Uh, one place it was rough, uh, not so much anymore, at least for another, I don't know, 15 hours. Uh, that's White Hart Lane, where Tottenham is right now in preparation for their Europa League match. They do get their first one of the season on the road against Sunderland. Took the 82nd minute and took a 15-pass link-up that eventually got to Ryan Mason, 
who finished very well in front of gold, beating Pantelamon. Uh, and then, of course, immediately gets hurt after. Like we said, he is currently day-to-day, week-to-week. So, yay, you have Daniel Sturridge. We have Ryan Mason. Yay. Um, right now... Sturridge just, being your only... Or uh, Mason being your only proven goal scorer at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, re- really just some off days from other people. First, though, clean sheet of the year. Uh, or second, actually, clean sheet of the year because we uh, held Everton scoreless last time. So... That was good, but again, Sunderland had two go-off goal. The only thing I can really take away is, Wes, I I think at times we were maybe a little bit unlucky the first couple matches. I mean, I think we were unlucky to not score against Everton. Uh, I think we were maybe a little bit unlucky, just a little bit, to lose against United to open the season. So maybe this is just a case of that quote-unquote luck sort of balancing out. all of that said, it's three points. We have some positive momentum now that we're starting our Europa League campaign. And, and we need it because we have some gigantic matches uh, coming up here very soon. I agree. Um, Spurs, not, I, don't, I don't think you're totally in the same boat as Liverpool. Just because I think Liverpool have a lot more pressure on them to perform right now. And I think, I think um, too, Tottenham have... I think you can see Tottenham's plan. It isn't always working, but I think you can clearly see it. Yeah, um, there is a... I mean, there's <coughs> there are pluses to Tottenham right now. It's just the fans... It, it always comes down to, you know, the fans just have to be... You know, we're, we're not asking for a lot. Just, just be a little patient. Mm-hmm. Just be a little patient, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll take care of y'all. We promise. Um, but the thing is, for Spurs fans, is you know they've been uh, they've been hearing this promise for so long that you know um, they're they're ready to see some results. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Again, Harry Kane looking good, just not scoring. So, yay! <laughs> Excuse me, folks. Um, our other two matches we're going to talk about, obviously, we praised Chelsea in the Champions League. Now we're going to bury them in the Premier League. Uh, Everton with a huge 3-0 win against the team from London. Uh, you know uh, Roberto Martinez was having a field day for this one. Uh, it looked like, you know, maybe maybe Chelsea would come back. Maybe when Nemanja Matic scored in the 36th minute to pull them back within one. But Naismith put it away late, actually had a couple opportunities, and uh, made the most of it. Of course, a little bit of controversy as... uh, Excuse me. (coughs) Naismith actually maybe could have, should have been booked very early on, and that was him coming on as a replacement for Besic. Um... So that, you know, could, of course, change the momentum. But what's done is done. And Everton, who struggled mightily last season, now comes up with a big win at home against the defending champs, who Champions League win against Israel aside, are seriously in trouble in the Prem. Uh, I agree. And uh, this, this weekend, this is a massive, massive match for... 
It's a massive match for uh, Chelsea. Yes, they've they've got to go. God, I mean they they they've got to go and have a good match. Um, they really desperately need a win. Uh, I, there's there's no other way to really sugarcoat that. They are in desperate need of a win, and if they don't get it, I'm obviously not going to say it's. I mean, it's not like Marino's job. Mourinho's job is on the line or anything. But, you know, at the same time, I, I wouldn't expect to hear people howling for his job, but at the same time, I, I would expect people to start getting pretty damn pissed off at this point. And, and you know, there, there's we've talked about it, the media's talked about it. Yeah, that's right, I don't consider us part of the media. Um, about the, the three-year cycle for Mourinho, he's tried to kind of push that aside. But, as we've said, it, it does seem like it's kind of being a real thing. And, and I don't think a, a win against a somewhat mediocre, you know, all due respect to Maccabi Tel Aviv, they're not a, that solid a team. They're, they're a team who sort of came through the playoffs. Congratulations on being here, but a 4-0 win against them should not undo all the concerns we still have about Chelsea. We have questions about depth, especially if Willian is going to be hurt for this upcoming match against Arsenal. Um, Oscar also came off early, so he's obviously going to be playing in the match against Arsenal. There, there's still a lot of questions about this Chelsea team, Wes. Very much. And, you know, Ed, I said, <laughs> I made the comment, you know, earlier in the year that, um, you know, I thought Chelsea could be very mediocre in the Premier League and be very good in Europe. And I think I'm sticking by that. Um, they they have not been impressive at all in in, in the uh, Premier League. But, yeah, we do see the win over Maccabi Tel Aviv. We feel they have an easy group. You know, they can really get some wins and get some things going in that group. Uh-huh. I think they're set up to have a uh, have a good run in Europe. I really do. I think they're set up for a good run in Europe. I, I think that will happen. I think after winning the, the Premier League last season, I think that might be what they end up focusing on this season much more is the Champions League. Now, Wes, <clears throat> if they do focus on the Champions League and they're in, you know, let's say we, we hit March, April, and... They're in the quarterfinal semifinals of the Champions League, but they're also maybe, let's say, fifth, sixth in the Prem. What do they do? do they, should they change it up, or should they just keep fighting to try and win the Champions League? I've just I've got this feeling that Josie's biggest goal this year is the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where they will go. But... Once again, I mean, at the same time, it's it's very tempting. I guess that's the way I put it. It's extremely tempting to, uh, you know, put put your eggs in the basket of the Champions League, but also want to make that run in the Premier League, if for nothing else, just so Josie can, you know, turn his nose up at everyone else. He loves doing that. I mean, that's the whole thing. Uh, of course, I, I think his 
His goal, I think his biggest goal this year would be to somehow finish above Inger. Yes. Even if he didn't win the league, I think mean, he just wants to finish above Inger. That, that's turned extremely personal. Yeah, just a little bit. So, uh, yeah, that, that's actually been pretty funny for all involved. Oh, of course. Um, our last match we'll talk about was a thriller at Selhurst Park. Crystal Palace being denied another big win on the season. Man City scores near the end. Kilichi Anacho puts in a rebound in the 90th minute to win it for Man City, their fifth win out of five in the Premier League this season. And Wes, you know, kind of the reverse of Chelsea. While their Champions League debut this season may have left a little to be desired, they they still look to be the class of the Premier League. I'm interested to see uh, where they go after that loss. Mm-hmm. Cornell, well, I know you've got the, I know you've got up in front of you somewhere. I can't even tell you who they play this weekend. They play uh, West Ham. Okay, which could be they, fun. they should come. I mean, they should come back and be okay against West Ham. Um, but it'll it will be somewhat interesting to see how they come back from that loss, how they rebound from it. I just I think at the end of the day they're they're city and they're going to be fine. Uh, one interesting thing I've noticed City's been doing a lot more so far this season. They did it uh, to begin the Champions League match against Juventus. They do it here at Crystal Palace to a different extent. Um, they've been playing and starting Bone a lot more uh, in this match against Palace. They actually utilize both him and Aguero up front. Um, in a, in a two striker formation in the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, in the match against Juventus, they, they used him exclusively up top and then, um, Aguero came off the bench. Um, a little bit different this year, their use of Bone than when they got him last year, uh, during the transfer deadline. It is, um, you know, I, I really think up front, you know, Bonet's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But I think they've weakened themselves up front. Hmm. Um, I, I did not like. I, I did not like them losing um, Zeko. Mm-hmm. I just think I think he gave them some really good depth. Um, I did not. You know, I just, I just think they're very Aguero dependent. Mm-hmm. I guess is my biggest thing. I think they're really dependent on uh, Sergio Aguero. And without him, they're going to, they're go- not that they're going to so much struggle, but they're going to struggle to find goals. You know, not yeah. that they're going to, not that they're not going to be able to, uh, you know, find ways to win. Of course, finding a way to win is always different than, you know, excelling. So, um, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to keep our eye on as the season goes on because, that's a guy who is known to pick up a knock. I mean, to say the least. Uh, oh yeah, he'll he'll pick up a knock <laughs> like it's going out of style. So, um, yeah, you know, a lot lot of a lot of things to keep your eye on going forward for City. And that's uh, how we're gonna leave it there. Your look at the table uh, before this next weekend's set of matches. Uh, City again lead with. 15 points from five matches. Leicester 
with that big come-from-behind win against Aston Villa on the weekend, they now sit alone in second place with 11 points. Manchester United and Arsenal level on points with 10. United above Arsenal and goal differential. West Ham, West Ham in fifth place in that oh amazing Europa League spot, which they wanted nothing to do with this campaign. Uh, they have nine points. Palace also have nine uh, and are just a little behind on goal differential. Uh, in the mid-table, we have Everton and Swansea with eight. Norwich and Liverpool with seven. Southampton, Tottenham, and Watford with six. West Brom with five. And then at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, Villa, Bournemouth, and Chelsea. Yes, Chelsea all have four points. Chelsea actually in 17th right now based on goal differential. That is a that is a beautiful sight. I don't care how long it lasts. That is just gorgeous <laughs> to behold. So close. So close, in. So close. Just, so just thirty-three more matches to go. Oh, and you can do it. You can do it. Uh, first team to win the Champions League and be relegated in the same season. Um, in the actual relegation zone, <laughs> it is Stoke, Sunderland, Newcastle, all with two points. Stoke have uh, the best goal differential. Of the three. And that brings us to your fixture list for this weekend. No Monday game, so all Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, it is the Derby. It is it is the almost fight of the century continued. Chelsea versus Arsenal, 7.45 a.m. And then the rest of your day looks like this. Although, after that match, I don't know why you need a rest of the day. It goes at 10 a.m. Bournemouth versus Sunderland. Villa versus West Brom. Newcastle versus Watford, Stoke versus Leicester. Let's see if Leicester can pick up a crucial win on the road. Swansea versus Everton. That could be fun. And then at 12.30, the Citizens against West Ham. On Sunday, Tottenham versus Palace. Oh, the Eagles coming to White Hart Lane. That's at 8.30 in the morning. Then Liverpool, Norwich at 11. And Southampton, Manchester United at 11 as well. Uh, Wes, besides uh, Liverpool's match, which one are you most excited to watch this weekend? Also outside of Arsenal, Chelsea. Let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make you pick a little difficult here. Um. Well, I, I would almost have to say uh, the United match, just because I think everyone's waiting to see if United is going to. I would say break out of the doldrums they've been in. Uh-huh. But I don't really know if that's exactly what they are. Um, I just think a lot of people want to see if United are going to right the ship or if this could become even a bigger <clears throat> It It is, you know, we, we, we heard, you know, before the, the before the Liverpool match, Van Hall is saying, oh, I can't do it. I can't do a Dutch accent. I'm not going to try. He's saying, you know, oh, I'll be gone and Giggs will be here in two years. And... Oh, we're not going to the league. And now, after the Liverpool match, it's, oh, well, you see all our boring meetings work. Ha, 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 jab at the media. And he's singing and all this crap. Uh, we, we give a lot of crap to Josie West for, for how he can kind of become almost a distraction. Sometimes when he gets bored. Do you think a little bit of that is happening with Van Hall right now? I think right now everything at United is a distraction. Yeah. Um, There's there's so much going on. Mm -hmm. And then Luke Shaw double breaks his leg. Yeah. Um, 
And now, and now, you know, Luke Shaw, who last year was, you know, some people calling the kid a bust. I mean, God, he was like 19 coming to United. Give him a break. This season, he was really doing well. Mm -hmm. And the one thing about United thus far had kind of been that back line being solid. Mm -hmm. And now you've thrown it into chaos. Because now you're having to bring in Rojo and however he ends up moving players around. Um, It it just, it, it could, it could totally blow up or it could totally work. Yes. That's the thing. We have no idea. Everything could be great for United, or everything could become what we hope becomes of United. We we really do. Everything we, goes to hell. We love the drama. We we love the narrative. Um, we get you a quick league cup preview now. Uh, letting you know some of the, some of the big matches. Uh, Leicester will take home on West Ham at the KP Stadium. Uh, City go to the Stadium of Light to take on Sunderland. Uh, Tottenham, Arsenal. That that's nothing. That's on Wednesday. Who cares? It doesn't doesn't matter. Not a not a big game at all. Just no, no. just the no, North London Derby. Well, not in the League Cup. Who gives a Just it's just the North London Derby in the third round of the League Cup. Who cares? Um, Chelsea heads to Best Scott Stadium in Walsall. They're a League One side. Our favorite our favorite non Premier League team. Well, one of them. MK Dons, who destroyed uh, United's dreams last year. They're going to be taking on Southampton at the stadium, MK and Milton Keynes. And uh, uh, Liverpool will be taking on League Two side Carlisle United at Anfield. So, S, that that should should be a win, right? And would, would you like to know the, uh, the most... Oh, man, what's the word I'm looking for? Ironic thing of them all? Sure. Right now in my FIFA uh, career mode, which I bring up every now and then to you. Yes. I've just begun the 2019 season with Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And I am I'm very early. I'm still early September, about where we are right now. And I'm coming up on my, league, my first League Cup match at home at Anfield. And I'm playing Carlisle United. Wow. That's... I don't think it could have gotten any more perfect. Oh, that is art uh, imitating life. Totally. Totally art imitating life. Um, <laughs> for Liverpool, it should be one that they should go and do well in. Um, I guarantee nothing these days for Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, hopefully it'll be one they go in and do well and uh, get a victory. Certainly, as well as Tottenham against Arsenal. God, I hate Arsenal so much. Uh, this is the round... Of 32, uh, those games will be played on Tuesday and Wednesday this coming week. Uh, and then the draw for the next round is after that. Usually it says who it is. It doesn't. Anyway, so there you go. That's the League Cup update. Uh, we are going to now head into some news and notes, uh, including, for some reason... UEFA wanting another European competition. Yay. So let's tell you about something much more exciting as we get a word from our sponsors. Your season-long fantasy football lineup is locked in and ready for action, but you don't have to wait till week 16 to get paid. 
Put your fantasy skills to the test starting Sunday at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where you could kick the season off by winning $2 million. It's the biggest fantasy football contest ever. $10 million in prizes are up for grabs, including $2 million for first place and $1 million for second. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. It's fantasy football on demand. Play where you want, when you want, with the players you want. Then, turn your love of football into a life-changing payday. Just pick up your players, pile up the points, and pick up the cash. That's it. You've never experienced football like this. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code SPREAKER to play for free for a shot at $2 million in the Week 1 Millionaire Maker. Enter SPREAKER for free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. You know what we're not with, Wes? Who's that, it? <laughs> Another European competition. No, I'm not really uh, thrilled about that idea. But uh, UEFA officials are apparently holding talks over a third European club tournament. One that would quote from this article by James Dudko on Bleacher Report. uh, Welcome dropouts from the first two qualifying rounds of the Europa League. So West Ham, you thought you had gotten out? Oh no. (laughs) You get to go to this thing. I, I... it was it was apparently met, I and I cannot believe this was true, with a positive reaction during a recent meeting of all fifty four UEFA members in Malta, um, <coughs> from the Football Federation of Ukraine, Volodymyr Yeninson or Voldemort for short. We are really supportive of this. For them, it will give opportunities not to finish the European competitions in August. It will give them opportunity to play in September and October. Yay! I, oh, man. Uh, Mike M- Michel Platini, uh, president of European uh, president of UEFA, said he's keen to give quote smaller nations access to competitions. Well, I mean that's all it would do. I mean this would be for like the Kyrgyzstan teams, and you know, um, like you said, I mean most of those teams who don't <laughs> the Champions League out of the qualifying stages or not in Europa, I mean, it's not, this is not for England, let's put it that way. This is not for England, this is not for France, this is not for, uh, you know, Germany. No. This is for, you know, this this is for the countries who we've never heard of and somehow are in UEFA. Well, and I mean, if, if, to be honest, if most Premier League teams already don't give a shit about Europa... Why do they? Does anybody think they would respond positively to going to a third tier? And when, when would they play? Would they still play on Thursdays? Would they play on God forbid Fridays? I mean, what what would happen? I, I just don't believe they would quite have the um, the uh, television coverage of the other two. No, 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 no. I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean, right now, basically between Fox Sports One and Fox Sports Two. You can see 95% of the Champions League matches. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, um, right now, I know for a fact that the Liverpool and the Tottenham matches are on TV. Mm-hmm. I want to say those are like the only ones at the moment. Obviously, I think as they get deeper into the competition, you'll start seeing more of them. Yeah. I want to say there's like one more on. Like, it might be, like, that uh, AX um, Monaco one. Was that, was that it? Uh, 
Well, Which, I mean, if it is, it's not on FS1 or FS2. No. no. So, um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's something to definitely keep an eye on, but it's just, I don't know. I, I don't have a, I'm going to put it this way. <laughs> I don't think I have a huge problem with it. Um, just because, you know, kind of like they said, it will give, it will give more teams um, access to being able to play European competition. Just don't try to tell me that it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I guess that's my biggest thing. Don't try to tell me it really matters. Yeah. And uh, one cool thing, I actually, uh, in, at the near the end of this article, I think if, if you're going to do a third one, I think to do some sort of twist on it would be better. A, they're talking about having it be done by November or at least or or at the very worst December so that's that's at least you're not stretching it over an entire campaign but what they're thinking about is bringing back the cup winners cup uh which uh was last won by uh Lazio in 1999 and and I think that could be kind of interesting because you know there's there's not much incentive to win the FA cup and league cup right now besides you know winning winning silverware I mean, you do, I think, I, I, if you win the FA Cup, you can get a, a European competition berth, uh, I believe, in Europa. I don't think you get anything necessarily if you win the League Cup. I'm probably wrong on that. Um, so I just, I feel like that could be, okay, you win your Cup, and you get to play in a little mini tournament that's done before holiday. Okay, that might well, be bad. I want to say, say League Cup gets you into Europa. Let me, let me take a peek here. Want to say it does. Um, the, okay, yeah, you're right. The winners qualify for Europa unless they have uh, qualified for the Champions League already, um, oh. in which case it goes to the highest placed Premier League team. Not quite a You're right. My bad. My yeah, because I was thinking, uh, I was just saying <coughs> Liverpool got in Europa one year off of winning that last uh, Carling Cup. Uh, what I was thinking is, is that second place does not get the bid if uh, first place doesn't need it. Like, Tottenham wouldn't have gone to the Europa League last year uh, if they hadn't placed high enough because Chelsea had already a spot locked in. So that's what I was thinking. Um, but still, I, I think, you know, something like a, a little mini tournament with cup winners across, because then you could still kind of get some of the big teams. Although, then again, I don't know how that would work. I guess you would do something like... Um, Oh, what was the team that uh, played Barca in the Copa del Rey final this past season and then beat them? Was it Sociedad? No, I don't think it was Sociedad. It was um, Atleti? Uh, that's it, that's it. Um, Minieri. Yeah. Um, so you, so you, could have, you could have the second place team. If, if the winner is already in the Champions League, send the second place cup team to Europa. Or, or not Europa, but this cup winner's cup. I think that could be something interesting. But for the love of God, don't just make it a diluted Europa League because nobody needs that. Just... No, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> no, really. Unless your team's in it, then you want to see it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Unless uh, you're an English team and then you want to kill yourself. That's true. Um, this is a story that came out last week. We'll just touch on it kind of briefly here. Um, the Matildas, the Australian women's national team, they've gone on strike. Uh, they were actually supposed to play the United States women's national team 
this week. That match is no longer taking place. Um, they have canceled their tour, and they're in negotiations for a new collective bargaining agreement, which expired in the end of July this year. 21 of the 25 were in a meeting last week to get a letter of offer from the FFA in Australia um, to try and cover pay for the a week's three-day camp and the U.S. tour that was tabled. Um, so it seems like, you know, Wes, one of those things where as, as the women's game is becoming a little more popular, thanks especially to the amazing World Cup we just had, the, the women who play the sport look like they're going to want a, a little more respect, not just in terms of, you know, appeal, but also also in terms of wages. And this is something you're seeing in everywhere, and now it's kind of filtering into soccer as well. Well, and you know I love the ladies. Oh God, this I don't I don't like I don't like when you start sentences with "well, Ed." Don't worry, I'm not going to say anything about kitchens or sandwiches here by any means. Fantastic. Um, what, what's interesting about what they what they are talking about though is yes, there was increased viewing of it over the summer there was increased interest but here's the deal and I think the US women maybe have accepted this a little more I don't know when it's not a world cup is women's soccer going to move the meter unfortunately at this point not really and, and I mean that's where we're at um, and I hate it for the ladies, but, you know, I mean, that's the thing for about a month, every four years, we really, really get into it and care. <laughs> and I mean, it's not like the men's game. You don't have the established leagues. You, know, you don't have the huge television deals where everybody in the world can watch it every week. You know, so therefore you don't have a following. I mean, I, I literally right now cannot tell you. God, no, I couldn't tell you where any of the U.S. women's national team players play for their club. I can tell you one, I think. I was thinking, doesn't Alex Morgan play for like Seattle or something? I think she plays for the Portland Thorns. Okay, so she's up there. Um, you were in the right part of the country. So it was Portland. Uh, I'm, I'm going to look it up real quick, but I, I, I'm pretty sure it's the Portland Thorns. But I mean, that therein, there is the problem, is that... Yes, Portland Thorns. You know, when there's no interest, when there's no interest outside the World Cup, how can you demand more when you're not bringing in more? Yeah. I guess is the way I put it, you know, um... If it really, if it really did turn out to be the boom that would start women's soccer as really being a, a big thing, I mean, then yeah, you know they do deserve a little more. But the Australian women, they had a solid World Cup, but I mean, where are they at all in the world? You know, uh, <laughs> the train of thought for the world, right? But, um, not, not, not. And I'm not being sexist or anything. I'm just I'm just speaking a simple economic truth. You know, when when you're not bringing in money, 
How can you demand more money? And, and, and I understand that. I think, you know, probably one, one thing there, I think maybe, and I don't want to call it a disconnect. I think what they think is fair and, and, and good for them is not what's fair and good in the eyes of, of the FFA. And I think that that's, that's where the discrepancy is. What we think might be overpaying for them and over, over giving them relative to, to what, like you said, they move in the needle is, is things that they would consider still fair because of the attention they brought. And let's face it, I'm sure this Australian women's national team with their run of the World Cup this year did bring quite a bit of visibility to Australian women's football back home uh, as well as, as around the world. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's it's just that there has to be a balance. And I think there's something, there's a balance to be achieved there. I don't know exactly what it is. That's for people who are smarter with economics than me to decide. But, but there probably does need to be some movements in the right direction. And, and I think it's also a little bit of a chicken and the egg scenario. You know, do you, do you start paying them more? Do you start giving them better accommodations and in turn then get a better product that people want to see? Or do you start with getting people to see them and then giving them better accommodations? Well, but see, and you say for a better product, I mean, and I understand what you're saying. Maybe, you know, a better live experience, better TV experience. Yeah. But I mean, we know the product. That's the thing. We know who's going to be there. We've seen these ladies. We've seen them in action. I mean, and God, not to take anything away, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk here, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, we're, we're not watching the Premier League here. That's true. You know, I mean, God, you know what else people don't watch that much? MLS. Well, I mean, in that... I understand, and I understand it's on the upswing, but, you know, I mean, just when... Like I said, when, when you're not a big draw... I just don't see where you can demand that kind of money for it. And and I do get that. Also, I'm posting a uh, a tweet right now, actually, a, a photo tweet to at AFA Pod. Um, I use the search engine DuckDuckGo. I don't use uh, Google search engine really anymore. Uh, I like DuckDuckGo a lot. If your first four autocompletes after I type in Alex Morgan are body paint, hot, husband, and bikini swimsuit, DuckDuckGo, you need to get your ish together. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, it's not DuckDuckGo. It's the users of DuckDuckGo. Oh, just don't forget that. It's users. Ah, no. It's not like Google. They don't base it off that. It's, or, or I should say they don't base it off your personal search history. That's what I should no. say. <laughs> no, no. You would never look up anything like that, would you? No, because I, I cherish what Alex Morgan does on the pitch. I do. I do. As do I. I also cherish other things Alex Morgan does, so. Anyway, let's hit the other big story of the week. This is this is an interesting story. I'm not sure if you heard about this, Wes. This, this kind of broke this morning, actually, while we were doing the morning show, I, I was, which I was actually doing with Clint. Which would have made this the perfect week for you to call in. Golly. I mean, why would I call in? But, you know, someone else that we knew called in. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, but that that might not make some people happy. Like maybe some Wesleyan supporters or something. Yeah. Um. This was an interesting story, though. Uh, this takes place in where else would this place place? If you think Florida, for once, you're wrong. Now, this takes place in Texas. A 14-year-old high schooler in Texas has been arrested for building a clock because his name is Ahmed Mohammed. This clock, which he built and had an alarm and apparently to some police officers looked like it could have been a bomb, got him arrested from his high school in Texas. This was uh, at Irving MacArthur High. And uh, he, this, this kid, Ahmed, took his clock in. He loves tinkering with things. He, he said, I'm going to show my engineering teacher in first period what I built at home. And he's going to be so proud of me. And he took it. And the engineering teacher was like, yeah, it's cool. Don't, don't show it to anybody else. Though. Just, just don't do it. He's like, all right. So he puts it in his backpack. An alarm happens to go off in his English class later in the day. Teacher to asks what it is. He shows her. She somewhat freaks out. Tells the principal, apparently. Principal calls the cops. And the cops actually put him in handcuffs and take him to jail. Thankfully, he did not go into a jail cell. But he was taken in for questioning, which is somewhat amazing. And maybe... I don't know if this is necessarily political correctness, Wes. This might be anti-political correctness going too far. Um, but this is insane because I feel like if this kid's name was Billy Joel Tolson, uh, there wouldn't have been much of an issue here. I think uh, I think a lot of cops are they're gun shy right now, man. And that, that's not saying anything to do with just the guns part in general. Um, uh, I just... Uh, I mean, right now, the problem is everything and everyone is a threat. Unfortunately, we don't want to say that, but everything and everyone, they are, they are threats. And sometimes you do get officers who take things a little too, too literally, you know, don't, don't look outside the box at all. But, um... I'm, I'm not going to say they didn't overreact here, but at the same time, I can see where they're just trying to say, uh, I mean, I guess it's one of those better safe than sorry deals. But yeah, it just, it does not come off looking good at all. I, I just don't understand why if they question him at the school and he keeps telling them it's a clock and they don't really believe him. Like that's, that's maybe the bigger issue is, is okay. You're being better safe than sorry for whatever reason you want to do that. Okay, you want to put the lives of everybody at your school ahead and you think you're doing the right thing as a principal. Fine. Did you need to take him away in handcuffs? Like, really? Just, just I mean, just come on. Think for a second here, guys. Just well, one second. That's, that's procedure, I guess. <laughs> I mean, if you say so. I mean... But, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to give you the counterpoint. Here. I know you are, but oh you my guys god, have to come up with one here. So. It's, it's, uh. it's, it's a weird situation, man. You know, oh me. Apparently now he's got an invite to the White House. I did see that. I, I did see. Thank, thanks. You know, one, one Muslim to another. So, 
There you so go. You it. Yeah, I admit it. Congratulations. It's That's your guy. Yeah, yes, because I'm such a, a liberal human being. That's what Clint says. It must be true. If Clint says it and it's on the internet, it must be true. Oh, well, obviously. Oh, it, it just... Come on, Texas. Get it together. Just... Or, or secede. Just just do one or the other at this point. Well, We're, and apparently, um, was it in Texas? Well, I, I don't know what else you have on your side here. But uh, was it in Texas where the guy ripped off the football helmet and jacked the other guy in the face? That was... Uh, that was Pac-Man Jones. Um, no, 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 this happened in a high school game. What? Yeah, oh no, it was even worse than anything Pac-Man did. God, no. Literally, uh, oh man, it's all over It's all over the internet. Uh, the kid ripped, the guy he was tackling, he ripped his helmet off and then took the helmet and just, like, smashed him in the face with it. Uh, I'm going to look this up really quick. Um, holy crap. Uh, is, is this it? Is this it? Let's see. Um, okay, the fact that I can type in kid rips off helmet and beats other kid, and I'm getting like 20 different stories here, is not a good sign to begin with. Um, <coughs> on Bleacher Report. Um, is it on Bleacher Report right now? Oh, this is... This is plausibly live podcasting at its finest right now, guys. Um, which section would it be in the trending section? Uh, probably trending. Um, well, trending. well, how about this? Uh, let's go ahead and hit watch four, where Wes and I tell you what we're watching in the week that was and the week that will be. And Wes, you start off, and I will look for this story. Oh, dude, I so had to come home today because. Um... I went to bed very early last night. Couldn't stay up. Uh, couldn't stay up late last night for whatever reason. Um, so I had to record the first episode of the uh, Bastard Executioner. Ah, oh, yes, I heard about that. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's um, it's interesting. I'm gonna say that much for it. I mean, I'll definitely watch. Uh, I'll definitely watch the next episode. But. Um, if you are squeamish at all, I am with blood or killing or anything. You know I am. You probably don't want to watch this. Um, lots of throats getting slit early. Um, an actual fetus cut out of a womb. <laughs> oh God! And don't forget, this is all on cable. This isn't HBO. This is cable. I love it. I guess they get away with it because there's no cursing in ye old times. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was very, uh, very hardcore. Um, a guy gets his comeuppance early, which is a nice thing. We love a good comeuppance. Uh, but it was, it was brutal. It was graphic. Uh, the story looks good though. Um, I'm, I'm definitely interested to, uh, continue on the path with it. Uh, Kurt Sutter, if you, but I will tell you, if you thought th- folks thought that Sons of Anarchy was rough, Oof. Sons of Anarchy is looking like Peppa Pig more and more every week. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, and the head was actually cut off at the end of it. So. Jesus Christ! Really nice. Well, he is an executioner, so he did his job. And apparently, he's also a bit of a bastard. Oh, man. 
I think it's like the old term for bastard. Like a legitimate child. Even though I don't really understand that part, so I mean, I guess he had a father. Yeah. It was ye old times. Who knows if he had a father? <laughs> it is ye old times. Ye old times, as I like to call him. All right. Um, I actually, I did find the story you were talking about. This happened in, uh, with Immaculata High School in Somerville, New Jersey, and Linden High School, also in New Jersey, which proving once again, absolutely nothing good is in New Jersey. Uh, this was in... proof of that, so... We we do already have proof of that. Uh, Apparently, uh, the Linden player... Uh, who was flagged but not ejected for this. And I actually did just watch the, the YouTube video on this. Um, and apparently this actually happened on my birthday, so this was a Saturday game. It was an offensive lineman. Uh, actually, no, it was a defensive lineman for Linden. Uh, during the play, he was in a tussle with an offensive lineman. He ripped his helmet off, the offensive lineman's helmet off, and then bashed him with it. Um, not repeatedly, because when he hit him in the head... Uh, the helmet flew out of his hands, so he couldn't exactly do it again. Um, how he's flagged and not immediately ejected and then suspended from school is... And then, and then arrested. <laughs> yes. As, we've, as we're apparently proving on this podcast, Wes, it takes a lot to get arrested in high school football. I swear to God, man, I, I think I really took it easy on people back in the day, Ed. <laughs> I really could have gotten away with a lot more. Oh, you're you're unfortunately not kidding. This is this is depressing. This is, I mean, this is terrible, man. Um, I mean, God, what do you, I mean, how do you even approach this? Oh, these damn kids, da da da. I mean, light hit, dirty play, something like that. I mean, not that it's acceptable. <laughs> But it's understandable in the long run of football mm-hmm. to physically assault someone on the field with their helmet. Yeah. I mean, we, we've completely overstepped the boundary. This guy should never play another down of uh, organized football. No. He should be arrested for this. Uh, he should be suspended for the maximum number of days allowable at his school. Uh, he should be doing community service off of this. I'm I'm just waiting for him to say that um you know it was racially motivated. That's all I'm waiting for. I'm I'm so happy that uh, you're taking a hard line stance on this. I, I think it's terrible. Um, there there has to be something in your mind when when you have physically ripped off another player's helmet and it is in your hand. You something has to spark in your mind to say, hey, maybe I need to stop. But no, no, that apparently did not happen with this gentleman. So, <laughs> and again, how how the referees don't eject him? It, because obviously they saw it. If they flagged him, they saw it. So I just I I have no words anymore. So instead, what I'm going to talk about is what I watched, and that's um, a new video game that's come out, a uh, Super Mario Maker, um, which is another video game. In? Yeah, I, lo- I love the video games. You know this, um, but this is one I actually play. So this is this is not one I just watch on YouTube. This is one I actually play. Uh, this has been an uh, it's it's an awesome game. 
making your own 2D Mario levels. It's in the palm of your hand um, with the old school Mario paint for the Super NES style interface, which is absolutely amazing. Like down to the same sound effects, the same uh, graphics with the people doing the sit-ups for the loading screens, and even the stupid fly swatting mini game somehow made its way into this. It's awesome. The user created content is a very mixed bag right now. Um, way too many don't touch any button levels. I, Wes, I feel like you would hate these a lot. Um, these are these are levels where you literally just like get on a platform and then you don't touch anything and you complete the level. Yeah, that's do piss me off. I mean, I hate I hate having to sit through like the video part of the game. <laughs> So, yeah, this this would really piss you off. Um, so, let's get less of those. Nintendo, just just do a better job of curation. That's all I ask. Because I know there are great levels out there. I know there are great designers out there. Let's see those right to the top. Instead of this douchey French guy who was at the top of the leaderboard last time I looked. Who just has a bunch of, don't press any button levels. Or, hey, check out all the Amiibo levels. Or whatever. It's stupid. But it's a great game, and I know that in about, I don't know, a month, there's going to be some absolutely amazing levels designed. So get on it, guys, because I am really enjoying making my own levels. Surprisingly fun for someone with absolutely no creative experience. All right, Wes, that's what we're watching. Now let's talk about what you love to watch. That's the WWE as we get Sora. So Raw, oh man, what, what a night on Raw, the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. Didn't really realize there were season premieres, considering it's been a weekly episodic television show for... Uh, I, I would have figured like, it might have come like after a big pay-per-view, like after SummerSlam or WrestleMania. I literally think that the only reason they said it's the season premiere, I've never heard them say this before. I literally think they did it because this was the week season premieres were coming on. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I mean, I guess... Well, I mean, I've told you before, you know, the way I see it, the way most wrestling fans see it, I think, is that um, WrestleMania is basically, like, the final episode of a season. Yes. Because, I mean, what do, what do I tell you? The next night on Raw, you hit restart and you switch everything up. Mm-hmm. So, that, that's kind of the real season premiere is the Raw after Mania. <laughs> Um, but anyway, if they want to call it that, I, I, I don't really care. <laughs> um, show started off Triple H, Stephanie McMahon coming out. They announced all the matches for the night, blah, blah, blah. And then, Ed, the very first match involves your favorite trio, The New Day. Oh, I love The New Day. Who come out in some smoking hot new uh, ring gear that is uh, even more neon than you ever thought they could get before. Um they proceed to start dancing in the ring as they're apt to do. And they get into it so much that eventually Triple H and Stephanie McMahon both join in the dancing. Wow. Uh, I would not have expected that. It's a little awkward from the white people, but it's okay. Uh, So New Day doing great things. Um, They're going to be facing the primetime players. No, no, no. I take that back. They're facing the Dudley boys. uh, This Sunday, of course, being uh, night of champions. So they're going to be facing the Dudleys uh, with their tag team titles on the line. So that's going to be a that's going to be a really fun match. Uh, the Dudleys back after a ten year hiatus, so uh, that's definitely one to keep your eye on. Um, 
Let me think. What else happened? Uh, crap, crap, garbage, garbage. Um, Kevin Owens. I'm, 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 I'm kind of stoked for Kevin Owens because uh, he's going to be fighting for the Intercontinental title this weekend. Of course, that means he's fighting Ryback, who is literally painful for me to watch. He's so boring. He's this big meathead, steroid-looking idiot yeah. who talks like an idiot. He calls himself the big guy. Oh, wow. I mean, he refers to himself in the third person by his nickname. Wow. Um, I just And apparently a lot of fans love him. I have zero use in the world for him. So I'm really hoping to see Kevin Owens kick his ass this weekend. John Cena versus Sheamus. Of course, uh, Seth Rollins in the uh, is going to have two matches this weekend at Night of Champions. He'll ah, defend yes. his U.S. title against Cena, <coughs> and then he'll defend his world title against uh, Sting later that night in the show. So I'm definitely stoked to see ba- dual Rollins matches. That that just totally that makes every penny I pay for the pay per view worth it to see Seth Rollins twice. Um, the interesting thing is going to be when he fights Sting. Here's the blatant reality of Sting, he's 56 years old. Yes. I'm not kidding at all. Ed, this guy like debuted when I was like a year old. He is 56 years old. Wow. Um, so you kind of wonder, I don't, I don't say dumb down, how much is Rollins going to have to dumb down the match? But I mean, obviously Rollins is going to be carrying this match. Right. And I just, I don't see at all how Sting can keep up with him for more than about five minutes. <laughs> Um, Sting, his historic night on Raw, Sting wrestled his first match ever on Monday Night Raw. Uh, it lasted about 18 seconds <laughs> as he was, uh, he was scheduled to fight the big show. Um, just as they got underway, Rollins came sprinting down the ramp. He and Big Show started double teaming Sting when, and who came in to save the day? I, I don't know, Chris. John, 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 John Cena! Oh, okay. So then we end up getting a tag team match between uh, Cena and Sting versus the Big Show and uh, and Rollins. Cena and Sting end up winning. What do you do? Big deal. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of where we're going into Sunday. It's like I'm, I'm organically excited about some of these matches. Oh. Even if, I, even if it was not totally pumped to me over the go-home raw, which is what it's supposed to do. You're supposed to pump me up on the go-home raw. Instead, I'm sitting there going, okay, luckily I was already sold on this, so you didn't have to do much for me tonight. But, um, yeah, you know, not a great raw by any means, but um, I'm excited there's a pay-per-view this weekend, so that's cool. All right. Uh, That's about about all I got, I guess, with the raw. Hey, well, then it means we don't have to uh, pre-tape or anything for – you not to miss the pay-per-view this weekend. There you go. We're doing Wesleyan football. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's going to do it now for episode 72 of the all-new sports show, the podcast, which is now known as A Foreign Affair. Uh, if you want to get up with us on social media again, you can. Uh, our Twitter is at AFAPod. Wes, you are? I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. I am at Edward Green. Uh, you can hit us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, 
That's more for the all-new sports show side of things, but you can see us in the flesh uh, on the Periscope. Just find us on the Twitter feed there, at all-new sports show, uh, and you can see us Periscoping when we get together. It's always fun. We talk about movies and other crap that has nothing to do generally with where we are. Um, you can, of course, also email us and plain old mail us as well. We want to give one more shout-out to NGSC Sports and NGSCSports.com, where we never stop, and uh, for presenting this podcast to you I want to also thank uh, Spreaker.com the TuneIn Radio app iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio the iTunes Music Store Podbean.com and anywhere else you can download this podcast and listen to it we appreciate all our fans who come in week in, week out and listen to us yap about international football we love it, we love bringing it to you and we will be bringing it to you again Next week, we'll be talking Premier League football, a busy week here in the BPL this weekend. We'll, of course, be bringing you reactions from the League Cup taking place and much, much more. So, Wes, that's going to about do it. Anything else to add before we get out of here? Um, Friday Night Football, we've got our two favorites, uh, maybe Brian Foster and uh, Jeff Craddock. Oh, we love it. It's going to be a lot of fun for us. Uh, whichever team wins, we're going to get a good interview at the end. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's all we're looking for at the end of the day. It's it's all about us, really. Well, sort of. It's all about me, but you know how it is. Uh, well, yeah. I th- Wes, I think we prepared enough for this podcast today. I think we gave the people a good time. Well, I, I'd like to hope that we did. You know, if we didn't, please tell us that we didn't. And uh, yeah, we'll try to do better next time, I guess. We'll try to sound more excited. Maybe. Totally. Totally. I mean, you know, we never want to uh, want to not sound excited enough for you. Oh, no, never. We, we love doing the podcast for you guys. Love bringing it to you. And thanks so much for listening in. That's McCall, Wes Bradshaw. I am Edward Green. This has been A Foreign Affair. We will catch you guys next week. Go Tottenham. European Knights at White Hart Lane and all that. Good night, Greece. Uh, they, it... It might be time to say goodnight, Greece. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You're not wrong. Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter 